Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. First of all, for Pastor Gary and Nancy, Pastor Paul and Shirley, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for New Covenant Ministries Church, Lord. Since the day I heard of them, Lord, and their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and their love for all the saints. Father, I cease not to give thanks for them. I'm making them, I mentioned in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Lord, that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of their calling and what the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of that power towards them who believe according to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him in your own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in which is to come. Father, and you've given him to be the head over all things in the church, which is the body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So, Lord, I just thank you. Thank you, Lord. I bow my knees unto you. Thank you, Lord. I bow my knees unto the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Paul prayed it in Ephesians. He said, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father, Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Thank you, Lord, that you grant unto them to be strengthened with might by your spirit in the inner man. Lord, that Christ may dwell in their hearts by faith, that they be rooted and grounded in love. May they be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. And may they know the love of Christ today, the passes knowledge. That they might be filled with all the fullness of God, knowing to him is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all they can ask or think according to the power that works in them. Unto him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus, world without end. Amen. Father, I thank you for your word. It goes forth, Lord, it will not return unto this church, not return unto these people void, but it will accomplish them what it says it will, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Uh, you said in Romans 5, 5, that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, I thank you that I decrease today and you increase. Thank you, Lord. You move upon these hearts of the people, Lord. Open the eyes of their understanding, Lord. Thank you, Lord. May they uh, have ears to hear and eyes to see what you have for them, Lord. You have the best for them, God. You want to prosper them. You want them to be in health even as their soul prospers. I thank you, Lord, for them today. Be good to them today, Lord. Show them your love. Show them your goodness. Show them your mercy, Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Well, Pastor Paul, um, you know, he knew me by uh, Jim. And um, this is going way back. And uh, anyways, uh, you know, he used to call me James T. And I think he still does from time to time. And it blesses me every time he does, right? Because it, it, it remembers, I remember where I came from. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful for him, you know. And uh, I think I was the... I think I was the first one to ever call him Pastor Paul, you know, because I remember when I started going to church, he just said, you know, call me, call me Paul. And I was like, it just didn't sound right. So I just started calling him Pastor Paul. And, you know, he took his time and he invested in me. And, um, you know, uh, before I really got a chance to know Pastor Paul, he uh, called me up one time and, uh, you know, he didn't really know me. He only maybe met me couple times, you know, at, at Prince Andrew High School. I was going to high school at the time when he, when he met me. And, you know, he didn't know, he didn't know me from Adam. You know, he, he didn't know that, uh, you know, I 
I just I wanted to get into the things of God. I wanted to start going to church and read my Bible and stuff like that. But he didn't know anything like that. But I remember when I first met him, it was at an ICF um, Inner School Christian Fellowship, which I'm thankful for that because he came to to the school that day, and I and I told myself in my heart, I said, if I hug him and he hugs me back, I'll know he's real. And so I did, you know. And then he said, and you know. Um, I, you know, bless you, and, and, and I gave him my number. I said, give me a call sometime. So he gave me a call, and um, he gave me a call right out of the blue, and I, I wasn't expecting it, but uh, I had a Bible that someone gave me, and, and he asked me, he said, James, do you got a Bible? I said, yeah, I got a Bible. He said, I want you to open it up, and I, and I want you to read um, John chapter 14, 15, and 16 to me. And I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I was kind of nervous because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know this guy, but I, I said, okay, yeah, I will. And so I started reading John chapter 14 and 15 and 16 to him out loud because he told me out loud to him. I said, okay. And um, the biggest uh, concern I ever had in my life as, as a young person was, am I going to heaven? You know, I think that's, I think we think that, you know, about ourselves all the time, you know, before we're saved and stuff. Um, Am I going to heaven? So anyways, uh, he said in John chapter 14, verse 1, he said, Jesus said, let your heart not be troubled, but believe in God and believe also in me. He said, in my house there's many mansions, and if it wasn't so, I would not have told you, so that when I come again, I'll receive you unto myself, so that where I am, you'll be also. And what Jesus said to me was, he answered, well, first of all, he answered the biggest prayer I've ever, ever had in life. He said, James, he said, when I come back for you, he said, I'm going to separate everything, and I'm going to come back just for you, and I'm going to take you to where I am. And he made it personal, right? And, uh, but the thing is, when Pastor Paul, he didn't know what he was doing. He was, he was introducing me to, to love, to the one who loved me. You know, Jesus believes in me, but he also believes in you. You know, and uh, he knew me when I was Jim. Like I said, I came from, I came from nothing. I, I, you know, I remember living in a, in a, in a room and house, um, on assistance, on welfare, uh, $380 a month. And when I first got saved, I learned about tithing. That was the first revelation that God ever gave me, and I'm so thankful for that. I learned about tithing. So you can do the math, $380. Well, $38 was my tithe, $2 was my offering, $300 was my rent, and I had $40 left over for the rest of the month for groceries. And I never went without because I honored God with my finances, you know? And, um, but, you know, I like what Philippians uh, chapter four says in the Passion Translation. So I'm going to go from the, from the King James because that's what I grew up on with Pastor Gary and Pastor Paul, but I also want to go for, the, for uh, the Passion Translation. And the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter four, he says, I know what it means to lack and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance, both to be full and to be hungry. And to find that, st- that strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Every difficulty. Did I have some difficult times in my life? Well, sure I did. Did I give up? No. Did I fail a few times? Yeah. But I get back up, you know. Did I, um, was I disobedient sometimes? Yeah. But you know what? That's where 1 John 1, 9 says, he says, God is faithful and just to forgive you all, all your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. All you got to do is just go to him. 
And I remember when Pastor Paul, when, when we used to go to youth group, he said, whenever you mess up, just fess up. That's all. And he said, whenever, you, whenever you're, you're doing something wrong, he said, always make it through them church doors. And, uh, you know, I, I, I always did. You know what I mean? I always made sure whatever happened in my life, I, 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 I knew that I had a, a man of God that uh, would never give up on me. And same with Pastor Shirley. Um, they never gave up on me. And they, I don't think they ever will, you know. And uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm, I just honor them today. And, um, but the thing is, Romans 8.37 says that know ye, or says, okay, let's look it up. Romans chapter 8, verse 37. <laughs> Romans chapter 8. We'll go to Romans chapter 8, then we're going to go back to John chapter 14. Romans 8.37 says, Know ye that all things that you're more than conquerors through him that loved us. <laughs> Excuse me. God loves you and wants you to conquer in every situation and every circumstance you go through. You know, Pastor Paul said, you know, he, he's seen me go from faith to faith and victory to victory. Well, you know, some, it, it wasn't easy. You know, faith is ugly sometimes. And, um, but I, but I, I believe God. But, you know, I came to the point in my life where I quit believing in God and I knew in whom, whom I believed. I knew that God was faithful. I know that he's faithful. I know that I, I can hear his voice. You know, Pastor Paul, he made it um, not only said I can have a personal relationship with him, but he said I can have a fellowship with him, a fellowship with him, where I know his voice and he knows mine, right? It's like, um, you know, if, if I call him up on the phone and I said, hey, Pastor Paul, he, he would know within a, within a minute who it was because he knows my voice. Why? Because I spent time with him, right? I've been around him. You know, so today I'm not, I'm not preaching to you Christianity. I'm not preaching to you religion, but I want to preach to you a relationship, a fellowship with Jesus. Jesus wants you to have a relationship, but not only, but he wants you to have fellowship with him. He wants to talk to you. The Bible says he's the good shepherd. He wants you to, he wants you to hear his voice. You know, he looks for your obedience and that's all he looks for. You know, whatever he says to you, just do it. Might sound crazy sometimes, but just, just do it, you know? John chapter 14. <laughs> John chapter 14, you know, so I think, uh, you know, as a Christian, we, I think we should live in the epistles, but I've been, I've been in the Gospels for a while now because I, it's just um, I want to keep his voice so close to me. And that's, that's just... Just where I've been, you know? So um, we'll start in uh, verse 15. St. John chapter 14, verse 15. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments. He said, I will pray to the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he shall abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him, for he dwells in you, for he shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He said, yet in a little while, the world will see me no more, but you see me because I live, you shall also live. He said, in the last day, you should know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. And it says, he that has my commandments and keeps them, loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved to my father and I will love him and I'll manifest myself to him. He says, he that has my commandments 
you know, that, that word commandment, all it means, I, I looked it up in the Greek, and I, I like to look, look up the words and see what they really mean, you know? And it didn't really give me a good definition, what I wanted to hear, but all he said, all it said was prescription. I was like, hmm, prescription, okay. So the apostle Mark, or the disciple Mark, you know, he talked about Jesus being what? The great physician, right? He's a fixer, you know? He wants to take care of you. So let's, um, let's go to Mark chapter, chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. But before that, you know, but the Bible says, you know, he's giving you a commandment. He's giving you a prescription. And all a prescription is, is uh, it's, like a, it's like a medicine or a remedy that the doctor gives you. And uh, the prescription that he gave me years ago, when I, when I first got saved, um, when I started reading my Bible, I, I read Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 and 39. People yes, used to ask me, you know, James, what's your favorite scripture? And I, I said, you know, it's Matthew 22, 37 and 39. He says, to love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your, you know, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's the prescription he gave me. And what do you do when, you, when a doctor gives you a prescription? You take it. So what did I do when Jesus gave me a prescription? Gave me a commandment? I took it. Took it every day. You know? So it's a remedy. It's a medicine that will fix every issue that you're dealing with completely. But he always deals with the heart. He always goes after your heart. He doesn't, you know, God doesn't need your finances. He doesn't need, you know, he doesn't need those things. But he, he knows that if he, if he gets your heart, that's, that's all he wants from you. That's all he wants from you. You know, so Mark chapter 2, um, verse 15, it says, And it came to pass that Jesus sat for dinner in his house. Did you know that Jesus had a, had a house? Did you know that he had a house? Yeah. yeah, he had a house. It doesn't say how big it was, but I just want you to picture this. How many disciples did, did, did he have? No. Peter said in Acts chapter 1, he said he stood up and he counted the disciples. And there was what? 120. There was 120. So you just think, okay, there's 120 disciples. How big was that house? How big was that house? And he said, listen, and he said, um, he sat in his house, and many publicans and sinners sat there also together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many that followed him. Do you think 120 disciples, plus all the publicans and the sinners that followed him, they sat in his house? I don't know how big that house was, but, you know, Jesus wasn't, he was doing pretty good, you know? But... um but yeah, just use your imagination for a minute. Like, you know, he had a big house. You know, and if you're, if you're believing God for a house, like we, you know, we give our testimony on our house. If you're believing God for a house, it, do, it doesn't need to be a big house. But, you know, God will give you desires of your heart. Like I said, you know, just put him first in your life. Honor him. You know, and he'll give you desires of your heart. He just wants to bless you. He just wants to love you. Right? Yeah. So let's read on. It says... Um, 
It says, for there were many that followed him, and the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with the publicans and the sinners. And they said to his disciples, how is it that he eats and drinks with the publicans and sinners? He says, and when Jesus heard it, he said to them, they that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. I, am came, I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Why did he say that to the scribes and Pharisees? You know, he talked different to them. He talked different to the religious community. Why? Because their hearts were hard. Their hearts were hard towards him. They didn't believe the truth. They didn't believe what he was saying to them. You know, the thing is, I've seen, I've seen more people outside of the church that are humble than inside the church. And, you know, that shouldn't be. It shouldn't be, right? We should always walk in humility and honesty towards one another. We should always be encouraging one another and loving one another and building each other up in the faith. You know, if it's just from a phone call or a text, you know, saying, hey, I had a great time last night, or, you know, hey, like, do you want to go fishing tomorrow? You know, something like, you know, I love those things. I love reaching out to people, but, you know, it's nice when you have people reaching out to you because they're thinking about you, you know? We should always walk in humility, like I said, towards each other and towards God, you know, and, and I know that that might have sounded harsh for a little bit for some people, but the thing is, God, look at it like this. If Jesus was here today and he was walking in the church, I don't think a lot of churches would accept him. You know, the Jesus that I see in the Bible, well, you know, he flipped over tables and he called the religious leaders God, the devil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's pretty wild. You know, we don't hear about that. But the thing is, like, yeah, the, yeah, Jesus in the Bible, people, you know, people got mad because, you know, they didn't want to hear the truth. Right? They got upset. But, you know, um, notice that he didn't talk to the, that way towards the sinner, towards the publicans. You know, the publicans were, were known as the, um, as the, you know, the tax collectors. And the, the worst, the worst, the Bible calls it the, the notorious sinners, right? Not just a sinner, but a notorious sinner. But don't you think, don't you think if they hung around Jesus, don't you think he was fun to be around? Don't you think he was, they, they liked him? You know, I remember going to a club party one time, uh, you know, and um, I was sitting at the bar at this club, and uh, they said to me, James, uh, we, we, we like when you're here. You, you're welcome here anytime. And, you know, for them to say that, that's, that's a huge honor. And I, and I, well, I asked them a question back. I said, well, why? And they said, well, you don't preach to us. You don't push nothing down our throats. Do you think Jesus pushed anything down their throats? No. He was real to them. Pastor Paul, he didn't preach nothing down my throat. He just lived his life. He let his light shine. Right? And I followed him. You know, I didn't follow him, but I followed the God inside him. You know, there's a difference. Excuse me, there's a difference. I like what um, Matthew talked about the great physician, Matthew chapter 9. You guys getting anything out of this? Matthew chapter 9. I know I'm drinking a lot because uh, 
if any man thirst. <laughs> and I thank Dee for putting it up here. Thank you, Dee. Matthew chapter 9, verse 10. It says, And it came to pass, as Jesus sat for dinner in his house, behold, many publicans and sinners came out and down to his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, notice they didn't talk to Jesus himself, they talked behind his back. Hmm. Why does your master eat with the publicans and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said unto them, they that are whole don't need a physician, but they that are sick. And he said in verse 13, he says, go learn what this means. He said, I'll have mercy and not sacrifice. I am come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Another time I was going to another club party and uh, they had this big roadblock cops everywhere and stuff like that. And I was on my Harley and, you know, I got a big cross on my back and stuff. And they, so they stopped me and they, they, you know, asked a bunch of questions and uh, they asked me where I was going. And no, this time I was in my car, uh, you know, and I didn't have my patch on, but they, they asked me where I was going. And, but I did have my tribe of Judah hat on and they, so they asked me, where am I going? I said, well, I'm going up to, going up here. And they said, well, what are you doing up there? So I said to him, I said, well, everyone needs the love of God. And, the, and he just looked at me, he's, you know, and then he's like, yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? Go on, you know, and have a good day or whatever. But, you know, like when he said that, when he said in verse 13, he said, go learn what this means. I don't know about you, but in high school, I never liked homework. You know what I mean? And I don't like homework now, but I'm learning to. I'm learning to. I'm learning to. I'm learning because, uh, you know, I love, uh, you know, Jesus said, you know, he said in 2 Timothy 2.15, he says, study to show yourself approved unto, un, unto God. And not, un, not a man, but unto God. You know, be a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, and he says in, in Proverbs uh, 10.7, he says, the, 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 the heart of the righteous studies the answer. You know, and we're always... We should always be ready to give a man an answer. Always be with seasoned with salt and with grace, you know, and with the love of God, right? So, John 14, 21. I, uh, I translated it, you know, from the, from the Greek, um, from, the, from the King James to the Greek. And verse 21, it says, I'll read it again. He that has my commandments and keeps them, is he that loves me, and I will love him, and I will show, and he will love, I'm sorry, <laughs> for he that loves me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. It says um, in the Greek, it says, anyone who reflects me or imitates me in my prescription that I give him and keeps holding fast in operation is then he that loves me, and I will love, and he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and make it very clear and evident that I am with you and that you are in me. Right? But not only, like I said, yet, you know, there was 120 disciples and many that followed him, but there was 12. There's 12 that he chose. There's a lot of people that followed him, but he's 12 that he chose. But Jesus poured his heart into you know, all of them, but there was three of them, Peter, James, and John, that he invested his time into. But there was one disciple. The Bible says that Jesus said, you know, I'm the disciple that Jesus loved, and that was John. What did John do? 
John invested his time into Jesus, right? He knew his voice. You know, time and time again, when I read the Gospel of John, when I read the epistles of 1 John, uh, 2 John, and 3 John, it talks about love. And every, every, every time that, I, that I've, uh, I wrote my, my old Bible, I circled every time it said something about God or something about Christ, it says over 430 times in 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, if you translate the word um, anything to do with God to love, it says over 430 times, love. You know, that's how much uh, John was investing his time. He was investing his time into what? Love. He's seen love from Jesus. He says he put his head on his bosom, right? He was close to him. So, who do you spend time with the most? Or, you know, who do you spend time with the most in your life? You know, if you're married, you know, you spend time with your wife, you spend time with your husband. You know, like last night, um, last night, uh, you know, my wife was, was gone um, babysitting my, my niece and nephew. And, uh, you know, I just spent time with the Lord and stuff like that. And um, I, was, uh, I was missing her. You know, I was missing her being around. I was missing her voice. And, you know, whoever you spend the most time with, you know, you, 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 you miss them when they're gone. You know, and sometimes when people come in and come and go from the church, you know, you, you miss them. You can't help but miss them, right? And when you look around and you see new faces, you're like, okay, who's this? You know, like, can I go and reach to them, reach out to them? Can I encourage them? Excuse me, somehow. You know, God wants you to do that. You know, we're not just here to sit on our pew and listen to Pastor Gary or Pastor Paul, you know, or myself each Sunday, but we're here to fellowship with each other. We're here to encourage each other and build up each other, right? You know, Um, John chapter 14, let's go back to the word, verse 23. It says, and Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man loves me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and I will come unto him and make my abode with him. He that loves me not keeps not my sayings, for the word which he hears is not mine, but it's my Father's which sent me. Love is just not a feeling, but it can be a feeling. You know, like I felt in my heart, you know, last night I I missed my wife. That was a feeling. But, you know, when we come to God, we shouldn't come in the soulless realm. The soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. We shouldn't come to God in our soul, but we should come to God in our what? In the spirit right? The Bible says, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth, right? So when we come to God, we, we always come to him in our spirit, right? But uh, so anyways, when, when, um, when Heather was over there uh, babysitting the kids last night, like they were supposed to come over to uh, our house for the weekend. And, but anyways, when I found out Friday I was preaching, uh, you know, I said, you know, I have something to do. I, I'm about my father's business, you know, if God wants me to pre- speak, then, you know, that's what I'm going to do. So anyways, I was praying, and, and God just said, you know what? Call up Rowan and Ava and just tell them you love them. Tell them you miss them. So when I called them up, uh, Heather answered the phone. She didn't say my name or nothing like that. She said, hello. I said, is Rowan there, please? Right? She goes, oh, yes, just a minute. So anyways, put Rowan on the phone. I said, hi, Rowan. He goes, oh, hi, uncle. I said, how did you know it was me? I know your voice. 
right? Well, I said, uncle, uh, I said, uncle was really looking forward to seeing you, but uncle had to, to do something for God. God wanted me to do something. And I'm always aware, you know what I mean, when, I, when I'm around the children, because I want to I infuse into them the things of God. I want to infuse them to, to, when they think of me, they think, you know, I'm always opening my Bible around them, or I'm always praying, I'm always telling them about a story in the Bible, because I want them to think, hey, uncle, he had a relationship with Jesus. He had a relationship with God, Amen. you know? So, you know, he said... Um, he said in verse uh, 24, he said, He that loves me and keeps not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's, and these things I have spoken in you, being not present with you, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. That's the Holy Spirit. He's the one that we should be having fellowship with every single moment of our lives. Amen. If it's driving in your car or it's driving in your truck, it's, if it's going to the camp, if it's, you're in a canoe fishing, you know what I mean? That's, that's who you should be thinking of. That's who you should be talking to. And, you know, all the, think, the, think, the things are, you know, the church teaches you, you know, you should pray like this and stuff like that. Well, that's okay. But how I pray is just like I talk to my friend. You know what I mean? Tell him what you're going through. Tell him what you're, you know, you, you want, you need, you know what I mean? He, well, he already knows what you need, but, but anyways, just talk to him. Just have fellowship with him. Just be real with him. You know, it's not a bunch of these and thous. It's just, Lord, it's you and I. Right? So, you know, we know that God and Jesus are in heaven, and they know that, you know, they live in us, but who's on the earth? Who did he send to the earth? The Holy Spirit, Yeah. So, the Holy Spirit is what? He's our comforter, right? He brings peace. He's patient with us, right? He's a, the Bible says he's a teacher. He's a, a mentor, an instructor, an assistant. He's a what? He brings all things back to your remembrance. Aren't you thankful for that? Sometimes when you forget something, you're like, you know, sometimes I, I'll lay my keys somewhere, Right, and I knew that my keys in my wallet were right there, and and then I'll wake up the next morning and I'll go and look for my keys in my wallet, and they're not there. I'm like, what happened to my, what happened to my wallet? What happened to my keys? My wife moved them. You know what I mean? So what do I gotta do? I gotta ask. Where's my keys? Oh, I thought they'd be over here. They'd been in a better place. No, no, no. But anyways, but anyways. But the Holy Spirit will bring all things back to your remembrance, whatever Jesus said, you know. And sometimes when you're ministering to someone or talking to someone about God, you know, you, you find yourself, you'll, 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 you'll find yourself remembering scriptures and, and God speaking to you and giving you a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom for them. And, you know, God speaking through you, that, that's, that's him. That's the Holy Spirit bringing back th- to your remembrance, right? Because he loves people. He wants you to, he wants you to uh, minister to them. He wants you to love on them, you know. But not only, you know, the Holy Spirit convicts you, Sometimes when you do something wrong, you get that little, oh, okay, forgive me, Lord, right? See, he convicts you, but he, he never condemns you. He never makes you feel guilty. The Holy Spirit is love, right? He just wants you to be obedient to him. Well, all obedience is is just saying, yes, I'll do that, right? Just like when Pastor Paul said, James, reach out, read this out loud. Okay. 
What did it do? It changed my life. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, right? I had to hear it come out of my own mouth, not out of his, but out of my own, right? So when you speak the word, speak it out of your mouth. Believe it. Believe what you say. You know, Billy Graham, he said, he said it's God's job, God's, job, God's job to judge. The Holy Spirit's job is to convict, but my job is to love. My job is to love you. You know, I don't understand everything, and I don't need to understand everything. You know, we all go through things, but I'm thankful. Like, uh, you know, I work in a trade where I'm around people all the time. I'm in people's basements, and I fix people's furnaces and and boilers and stuff like that. And um, I've been in the trade for a long time now, uh, going on 12 years, and I enjoy my job, right? And I'm I'm a journeyman. So, you know, as a journeyman, uh, you know, you... You, you go in the trade for a couple of years, you get your apprenticeship and you get your hours and then you go back to school and you write your exams. And then at the, you know, the end of it, uh, after you're done all your schooling, you, you go and write your journeyman ticket and you get your red seal. And uh, it's probably one of the awesome, most uh, biggest accomplishments that I've ever accomplished in my life, you know, and I'm thankful for that. You know, I'm thankful that I have a good job and that God has provided. And, you know, it's all to do with him, you know, because I wouldn't, yeah, it's all to do with him. He's been good to me, right? So I look at the Holy Spirit as a journeyman. And I look at myself as an apprentice. And whenever I need something, or whenever I, I, I question something, or I, I need an answer, but I always go to the Holy Spirit. You know, and every single time, you know, he'll, he'll give me a word, or he'll give me a command, or he'll give me a prescription. Like I said, you know, commandment, it just means prescription. What do we do with prescriptions? We take them, right? So just like Pastor Paul gave me a prescription that, you know, so long ago, you know, he, he gave it to me, but it was, it was my responsibility to apply it to my life. You know, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 22 says, Attend unto my words, incline your ears to my sayings, and let them not depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart for the life unto those who find them, and health to all your flesh. And he said, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. He always deals with your heart, right? But in order for the word to work, you have to work it. You know, like the Bible is no good if it's, if it's just sitting on your, on your coffee table, or if it's just, if you know, especially a Sunday after church, you just throw your Bible in the back of the car and it stays there all week. It's no good. You got to pick it up. You got to read it. You got to meditate on it. You know, like in Joshua, Joshua chapter one, meditate on the word day and night. So what? You can be prosperous and have good success. It's God's will for your life. You know, God's will for your life is for you to be blessed. Why? To be a blessing to others. It's not about, it's not all about us. It's about, you know, him filling us to what? Pour out to someone else, right? So talking about an apprentice, I got an apprentice at work. So for a long time, I usually work by myself, which I enjoy. You know, I I like it. But um, for the last probably, probably about four weeks, I've been, or three and a half weeks, I've been working with with this young fella. Nice guy, awesome, awesome young man. Green as can be. I mean, he's green as can be. He was green just like me when I first got in the trade. Didn't know nothing. Didn't even know how to hold a tool. 
you know, but um, so anyways, I, I took him under my wing. And, but before that, when I first met him, I said, hey, I'm so-and-so. You know, I just made a note, you know, saying who I am. And, you know, uh, if you need anything, I'm here for you. I said, you can call me. It doesn't matter what, what for. I said, you know, call me if you have a question. He said, okay. But I asked him, I said, do you have any tools? He said, um, he said no. I said, I don't got none yet. I said, oh, okay. So I went home. I said, hmm, Lord, what can I do to be good to this guy? And he said, just put a tool bag full of tools for him. So what did I do? Like I knew, I knew the main tools that he would use every single day in the trade. So what did I do? Went my toolbox, put all the tools for him, you know. And I said, here you go. And I said, I just want to bless you. I just want to be good to you. You know, I didn't say nothing about, you know, I didn't, uh, yeah, I just said, I just want to bless you. That, that's all. I didn't say nothing about God to him, and I, and, but I wanted to be good to him. So I did that. And then the next day, excuse me, um, you know, the dispatcher said, uh, yeah, James, he's with you today. I said, oh, okay. You know what I mean? So I wasn't used to it because they, they, they just never gave me an apprentice for all... For, for many years, they never gave me a apprentice. So anyways, at first, they gave him to me. So, But the thing is, so first of all, you know, he, he came with me, so I gave him some tools. And number two, I gave him some knowledge. And, you know, and over time, he'll have the ability and, and the knowledge to, uh, you know, to apply it. And it's just like the Holy Spirit. He gives you the tools, right, to do it, the Word, right? He gives you some knowledge, and then all you got to do is apply it. Right? Romans chapter 5. So glad Ashton was talking about this this morning when she was praying, you know, um, because it just confirmed um, what, I was, what I was speaking about today. Romans chapter 5, 5. This is in a hope that makes us not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. God has given us his love. It's not just for us, but it's for others because God loves people, right? And there's nothing you will ever do to earn it. God loves you regardless. You know, he, he loves you regardless. No matter what you choose to do, he, he loves you. Nothing can separate you from that, right? He loves you that much. And um, his love is a commandment. We should love one another. And I'm thankful for that. John 3.16, you know, even if you're not saved, you, you know, so many people know this scripture, John 3.16 and 17, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And he said in verse 17, he said, God sent his son not in the world to condemn the world, but the world might be saved through him. If you're not living for God, Start it. Start. Start to today. You know, and all you got to do is believe on him. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 10, you know, you know, believe that he died for you on the cross. You know, and confess with your mouth. Now let's read it. Uh, Romans 10, 9, and 10, just around the, uh, around the bend here. 10, 9, and 10. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, what? You shall be saved. For with the heart man believes in the righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So 
back to John 3, we always see that God is always involved in, in giving, right? Wherever you see love, you'll see giving. Wherever you see giving, you'll see love. You know, I was sitting over there um, on Thursday, and Pastor Paul was up here. No, no, it was um, um, Sue. And uh, she was up here praying. And anyways, I had my eyes closed, and I didn't know who was beside me, but I felt a hand go down on my chest and where my pocket was. And I felt somebody put something in there, and I didn't know what was in there, right? And then I heard Brother Cyril go, you like that spot up there, Brother James? He said, I saved that just for you. Because <laughs> I was worshiping in his spot. But anyways, um, but, but anyway, but he... But he, 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 was a, he was a blessing to me. He slipped me, he slipped me two $10 bills, $20. And, and I was so thankful for that. And, and, um, but the thing is, I didn't know who it was until he spoke. See, I knew it was Cyril because I know his voice. And I gave him a hug. I said, thank you, Cyril. See, you know, I'm, I'm always sensitive when somebody gives me something or somebody blesses me with something. Because no matter if you like it or not, or no matter if you know it or not, they're moved by God. It doesn't, you don't have to be a Christian, right? But they're moved by the Holy Spirit to give. Never once have I seen in the word where the devil ever gave you something, right? No. God is always, he's, he loves you. He just wants to give you the best, right? Yeah. The devil only comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? But he came to give you life. So I'm always sensitive to when somebody gives me something. Because, you know, it's their hard-earned money, you know? And I said, and every time somebody does something like that, um, I'm, always, I'm always like, okay, God, what do you want me to do with that? What do you want me to do with that seed, right? And, uh, you know, most of the time he'll tell me what to do with it. But I just kept it in my pocket. And I took my shirt off at home, put it in the, in the thing, and I left the, I left the money in the shirt. And so the next day, uh, I was at work at the end of the day, and I, and I needed, a, I needed a, an oil tank cut in half because my new house, there's, there's a bunch of brush and stuff like that I want to burn, and, and I want to make sure, uh, y- you know, I just want to take care of my property. Anyway, so the boys dropped off a tank for me, and I came in the house. I said, "Hon, give me some water. And I said, give me that, give me that, those two $10 bills because there's two boys that dropped it off, two of my workma- uh, coworkers. So they dropped it off. And I just went out and said, here you go, man. Boys, I said, some, some water. And I said, so I want to give you a you know, $10 bill. And they are like, oh, no, no, we don't need that. But no, I'm always ready to give. I'm always ready to bless people, right? And I, and I walked to the door and I said, you know, hon? I said, that $10 could be somebody's salvation. What's money? Money's just a tool, right? Money's just a tool. But it should be always done in love. 1 Corinthians, I'm going to read from the Passion. Read from the Passion translation. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says, If I were to speak with eloquence in the earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, but I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to a hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. If I were to have the gift of prophecy with profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I profess an unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith so that I could remove mountains and have never learned to love, I am nothing. 
And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to feed the poor and offer my body to be burned as a martyr, without pure motive love, I would gain nothing of value. He said, love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently, constantly kind to all. And it refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame, disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is quick, or love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates in honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is safe. Love is a safe shelter place, uh, for it never stops believing the best of others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Aren't you glad that God has never given up on us? Yeah, love never given up on us. He'll never leave you, the Bible says in Hebrews. Never leave you, never forsake you. All right? And he says love is gentle. One of the things I tell my journeyman, or my, my apprentice, is that, uh, so I said to him, I said, I said, what do you want to work on today? He said, I want to work on that smoke pipe. I said, well, why do you want to work on the smoke pipe? He, he, he said, you know, because I find it the most difficult. I was like, okay. I was like, go at it. So here I am sitting on the burner, and I'm changing the nozzle and the filter, whatever, and I'm looking up, and he's just, he's just frustrated. He's like, oh, you know, trying to get the smoke pipe off and smoke pipe on. And uh, I look at him, I just grin. I was like, you know what, I, you know, I've been there too. Still get there sometimes. You know, sometimes it's difficult, right? But I said, what are you having trouble, what are you having trouble with? He goes, I just oh, I can't get it. I said, I said, bro, I said, you got to be gentle with it. I said, you got to be gentle with it. I said, how do you treat your woman, right? I said, you got to be gentle with it like you treat a woman, right? And he looked at me. He looked at me. He's like, he's like okay. He's like, you know. So I get up there. I get up there and I grab it. And I just go. And I gently squeeze it in. And he's like, oh. you know, his face was like, oh, you, James, you make it look so easy. You know what I mean? It was easy because I've learned how to pr- I practice it and doing it all the time, right? But I said, you gotta be, you gotta be gentle with your woman. You gotta be gentle with that smoke pipe, right? You know what I mean? So, Proverbs. <laughs> But, you know, really, sometimes the things we find the most difficult are the things that God wants us to work on. You know, it's, it's, sometimes it's hard in the marriage. It ain't easy. It ain't breezy all the time. You know what I mean? It takes dying to self. Saying, Lord, I humble myself before you. I know that I'm right. I know that I'm right. Right? <laughs> You know, but no, what love, love, love is gentle. Love is not easy, irritated. You know, how many times do us husbands irritate our wives? You know, but the, but the thing is, you know, we're learning, we're learning. But no, I, you know, I should say, I, I love my wife. She's the best thing that ever happened to me. She's a blessing to me. The Bible says, whoever finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains the favor of the Lord. She's the favor of the Lord right there, 
right? So husbands, be good to your wives. You know, wives, be good to your husbands, you know? But yeah, you know, like sometimes the things we find most difficult are the things that God wants to work on. You know what I mean? And we should always humble ourselves, you know, as, as, as first of all, as men and women of God, but humble ourselves before our spouse. You know what I mean? We're not always right. You know, sometimes our wives are right, but, you know. <laughs> it's always our love walk that he wants us to work on. That's all it is, right? Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. You know, when I was working on the burner, I seen, seen my apprentice getting all frustrated. I could see his face going, yeah. you know, it's frustrating sometimes, right? Because you're, you're trying to, you're trying to take uh, one piece of metal and put it on a piece, another piece of metal, and it's rigid and it's hard. You just, sometimes it's difficult, right? But the thing is, like, uh, what I like about iron, uh, the Bible says, uh, iron sharpens iron, so does, the, so does a man sharpen the countenance of his friends. You know, we should always encourage others. And, you know, iron is a soft metal. It's always yielding. It's a yielding metal. Who are we supposed to yield to? Yeah, the Holy Spirit, right? What happens when you fight with your wife? You yield to the Holy Spirit because he's always talking to you. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. You know, and I'm saying those things. Well, we don't, no, we haven't, we haven't, yeah, we haven't really had an argument in a long time, you know? And, uh, And I'm thankful for that. You know, I'm more in love with my wife than I've ever been. I'm some thankful, like I'm closer to God than I've ever been. And uh, it's all done by just yielding, yielding to him, right? He gave me a prescription. What am I going to do? I'm going to take it. I got to swallow it, swallow that pill, you know, swallow that commandment, right? But we should always yield to one another, you know, first of all, in honesty, but in, in humility as well, in, 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 every, in everything, right? You know, and, but the thing is, just like that smoke pipe, when, when, when you put the smoke pipe on, he said, I make it look so easy, but, you know, there's two metals going together. There's two rigid parts going together, and sometimes it's hard getting on, but you have to be gentle with it. Be gentle with each other. Be loving towards each other. You know? But if we just take our time, you know, and, you know, learn to walk in love, we won't have an opportunity to get offended. We won't have an opportunity to get hurt. Right? And we won't say things that we don't mean to say. You know, Philippians uh, chapter 2. I just want to finish with these two last scriptures here. We're almost done here. And we're going to read it out of the Passion Translation. It's so good. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 to 8. It says, look how much encouragement you found in your relationship with the anointed one. You are filled with overflowing with his comforting love. You've experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt his tender affection and mercy. So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, united in one love, walk together with one harmonious purpose, and you will fulfill my heart with unbounded, excuse me, unbounded joy. But be free from pride-filled opinions, for they only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow, yourself, don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts. 
but be in authentic humility, put others first, and view others as more important than yourselves. He said, abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. He said, let this mindset become your motivation. He says, he existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory, being reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became a servant. He became human, and he humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was the perfect example, even in his death, as a criminal's death on a, by crucifixion. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. This is where I said before, I said, you know, we should stay in the epistles. You know, this is where a Christian should be, a mature Christian. You know, stay in the epistles, because this is what uh, the Apostle Paul said. He said in Ephesians 5.1, he said, Be imitators of God in everything you do, for then you will represent your Father as his beloved sons and daughters, and you will continue to be surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ, for he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God, like an aroma and an adoration, a sweet healing fragrance. Wow. Yeah. A sweet smelling savior. A fragrance. That's what, that's what love means. To know love is to know Jesus. Right? Not only do we want to have a relationship with him, but we want to fellowship with him. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants to bless you today. One other thing, you know, how you love God will reflect on how you treat others. Hmm. Think about that. How you love God is how you'll treat others. So I just want you guys to walk away from today saying, you know what, Lord? Teach me how to love. Teach me how to walk in love. You know, I wrote my Bible a long time ago. I said, I said, I am love. I show love. I speak love. Right? So I just thank you for listening to me today. Thank you for letting me pour into your lives. Thank you for letting, you know, the Holy Spirit, I thank the Holy Spirit for speaking through me to speak to you. And I pray that you, you, you learned something and you caught something. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.